Hey everyone, I'm Paige Smith with Below the Radar, a knowledge democracy show. Below the Radar is created by my office, SFU's Vansity Office of Community Engagement, and is recorded on the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. This time on Below the Radar, our host Am Johal is joined by Edgar Villanueva Cruz and Jessica Savoy from Alive, the Aboriginal Life in Vancouver Enhancement Society. Edgar and Jessica share some of their salient recommendations from their youth-led report, Our Place, Our Home, Our Vision, Youth Voices of East Vancouver. They discuss how to uphold Indigenous rights in BC and beyond and the importance of having urban Indigenous people as part of the governance where decisions are being made. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, hi there. Uh, Welcome to Below the Radar. Delighted that you could uh, join us today. I'm really excited uh, to be speaking with Edgar and Jessica, who are actually neighbors of mine at 312 Main Street. Uh, They're with an organization uh, called Alive. They uh, recently uh, produced uh, a report that was an outcome of a conference that happened back in April or, or so, I believe. Um, uh, February, earlier in the spring, but the report came out a little bit later. And I'm wondering if we can just maybe uh, start with uh, both of you introducing yourselves uh, a little bit. Yep. Hi there. My name is Jessica Savoy. I am Niska First Nations from Northern British Columbia on my mom's side, and I'm also French and Italian on my dad's side from New Brunswick. Um, just a little bit about myself. I was born and raised here in Vancouver. And um, yeah, no, it's an honor to be here today. Thank you. I'm Edgar Villanueva Cruz. I'm Teltan, Casca, and part of Salvadorian. I've lived on and off reserve mostly my entire life. Came here about five years ago, been living here ever since. And yeah, thank you for having me today. Great. Uh, I'm wondering if you can maybe just uh, start by uh, talking about um, this report and and what um, some of the outcomes and findings were, and, and maybe also the process that led to the conference itself and, and the work you've been doing for, for many years. So really this project came about, or the report came about uh, really connecting with the Indigenous and non-Indigenous youth in the inner city, um, five neighborhoods of East Vancouver. So that would be Hastings Sunrise, Strathcona, Grandview Woodlands, the downtown east side, and Mount Pleasant. Um, I believe that's the five neighborhoods. And uh, we were really connecting with youth and engaging them to see what changes they would like to see in their neighborhoods. And that's really what came about this report. We decided to apply for federal funding um, and we were approved. And so this uh, initiative really kicked off last year uh, around March, April of 2019. And it really started with an advisory council made up of 10 indigenous and 10 non-indigenous youth, uh, where we um, sat down with them. We, we you know, heard their concerns and uh, which really started the the creation of the policy conference, which was in February, 2020. Um, And they identified the nine policy areas, which is in the report itself. Edgar, did you want to add to that? Yeah, for sure. So um, along with like the policy conference, we 
had many consultations with youth. We data mined, we took surveys in order to create this thing by hosting workshops and forums as well with the advisory committee. And now we've moved into stage two, which is the implementation of the policy document. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, once you have a lot of uh, really clear recommendations to different levels of government and also uh, establishing um, a new bodies and particularly with representation of I- Indigenous young people in the uh, process of, of policymaking. And wondering if you can maybe uh, outline some of the, the, the major recommendations that are, that are in the report that you're uh, trying to push forward right now. Okay, for sure, for sure. So one of the most important recommendations I view as being the foundational aspect of this policy document is you'll find it in the urban indigenous self-government section and citizenship and it will be the last recommendation which is establishing a network of urban indigenous organizations to advance through dialogue and partnerships the goal of self-determination for urban indigenous peoples right jessica I think for me, a recommendation that stands out would be in the same policy area, um, and that would be to increase awareness and understanding of UNDRIP, which is the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Uh, Last year, November, it was passed in the Legislative Assembly of British Columbia, Bill 41, which is uh, BC's um, Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And... Really, I think that is one of the most important recommendations in this alongside uh, the recommendation that Edgar pointed out because it outlines, you know, the basic fundamental rights uh, of Indigenous peoples in British Columbia and all around the world. And, um, you know, it's really great to see the movement of the provincial government and how they want to you know, honor the rights of Indigenous peoples. I guess we'll wait and see how that applies to urban Indigenous peoples living off of reserve and what they will do to implement those rights and uphold the rights of Indigenous peoples um, in urban areas. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I was really uh, impressed uh, reading the report. It's human rights uh, orientation. It's linkage to UN DRIP and uh, Truth and Reconciliation Calls to Action. These are, these are reports that were already done many years ago, but it really actualizes things on the ground in terms of what's happening uh, here in, in East Vancouver. And I'm wondering, uh, since the report uh, came out, um, your, some of your conversations with government that, uh, that you've had, either um, elected people or uh, within uh, bureaucracies of the uh, City of Vancouver or provincial, federal governments, uh, how have some of those conversations gone at at this stage? Mm -hmm. Edgar? All right. Um, Well, at this stage currently, our conversations with government, federal government, and provincial representatives will be that they've endorsed our document and they've promised to take it all to all levels of government and the 338 seats in the House of Commons and they're also seeking to do this alongside us with NDP really going out of their way to support us with Melanie Mark, Member of Parliament, and Jenny Kwan, MLA. 
I think also it's important to recognize in our processes, we follow protocol and in, uh, you know, sending this report out to you know, BC First Nations uh, and you know, there are over 200 Indian Act Band Councils. That's what we did was we sent this out to all of the First Nations in British Columbia. And since then we have um, invited uh, Member of Parliament Jenny Kwan to one of our meetings, our last meeting in September, as well as the Member of the Legislative Assembly, Melanie Mark. And so they made the commitment of sending, like Edgar had mentioned, sending this report out to their colleagues. And so we will wait and see, you know, um, what happens from that. And, you know, with the, with the election coming on October 24th, you know, it's really interesting. And I'm, what I'm interested in seeing is the platforms that they have, the commitments that they're going to make on all parties um, and how they're going to uphold the rights of urban indigenous peoples and how that relates to Andre. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd both uh, mentioned the piece around uh, urban indigenous um, governance. I'm wondering if you can expand on, on that uh, a little bit, um, uh, what you mean by that or how you could see it being um, actualized. Mm -hmm. I think what we mean for urban indigenous self-government is a new model of governance. So for every, you know, in British Columbia, we have indigenous peoples of all nations. We have First Nations, Métis and Inuit. And for British Columbia alone, we have about 78% of indigenous peoples live off reserve and nationwide, across Canada, that percentage is around 60%. So it is an even higher number in British Columbia of urban indigenous peoples or peoples who are living off reserve. And oftentimes they're not considered, um, you know, where decisions are being made. They're not at the table. And this is what we're talking about is creating a new government model or governance model where we can invite, you know, the urban indigenous population or those who are living off reserve away from their communities to sit at the table and have, you know, uh, have a, uh, a voice uh, where decisions are being made. And so it's for us to create and, um, you know, we are creating the narrative. We are the ones who are going to create this model. It's a new model. And this is where I, you know, it's really important to, uh, to recognize that we follow protocol in, with connecting with the First Nations. We want to work with them. We want their support. We want them to endorse this initiative and walk with us on this journey. Um, and that really started with connecting with local First Nations. So the three nations, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh and Musqueam nations. And then we'll move forward and see what that model looks like as well. Uh, Edgar, uh, maybe if you could maybe add to why you think this is so important. Uh, yes. Yeah. Of, of why this should happen. For sure, for sure. So. Again, pulling up some statistics. So Indigenous peoples in Vancouver, women, Indigenous women in Vancouver comprise over 50% of the missing and murdered women here in Vancouver. 30% of our Indigenous youth graduate. Now that is an astronomically low number. 
And it becomes a very important issue because the repatriation of the Constitution during the 1980s and with the Constitutional Act, Section 35. And when you apply this with Section 9124, which outlines Indians and land reserved for Indians. Now, Section 35 elaborates upon the inherent right to self-government, yet that box has not been filled. And as of right now, that piece of legislation only pertains to Indigenous peoples that live on reserve or within our traditional territories. So when I think about why it's so important is I'm thinking about the interfacing of Section 9124, the federal fiduciary responsibility, which the government is not living up to with urban Indigenous peoples, and Section 9120, provincial jurisdiction, as well as Section 35, and how those all interface, because we have been ignored and explicitly discriminated against by the Constitution and the state of Canada. So it becomes very, very important that we recognize as Indigenous peoples and urban peoples, these are still our lands. Musqueam, Squamish, and Salo-Tooth lands have not been ceded territories. These are still our lands. But the Canadian state does not want to recognize that. And so we are still in this constant push and tug battle with the fiduciary responsibilities of both the province and the Fed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering, uh, uh, as you uh, go forward and disseminate the report and get it into um, the hands of people, are, are there further pieces of research you're interested in taking on? Or what does your the rest of your engagement sort of plan uh, look like uh, going forward in terms of uh, people you want to engage and speak with to bring them on board in terms of of uh, making these uh, recommendations um, um, land down on the ground? I think really this is we're using this as a tool and you know there have been numerous reports released um, with you know many recommendations and those of which many had not been implemented or very little done since then. And I think it's really important also to recognize that this initiative is for the youth by youth, it's youth led. And so we did receive promises from, you know, members of parliament and also members of the BC Legislative Assembly. We also wanna take this nationwide. We want to send this to Justin Trudeau who is a minister of youth um, and also beyond. We'd also like to, and we will connect with the United Nations. Um, and yeah, I think that we're, we're not gonna stop the work. It's going to continue um, and we'll see really where it goes. But this is a, this is a tool that, we, that anybody can use across the nation, you know, to, to uphold the rights of indigenous peoples, especially living off reserve and um, yeah, it, it outlines a lot of recommendations, a lot of universal tools that are already out there. Uh, so we'll see. Great. Uh, I'm wondering if there's anything that you'd both uh, like to like to add. I'll we'll start with you. Ed. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So like when, when you ask a question about what it looks like for our research and if we're gonna do any more research but it's about engagement as of right now it's all about engagement how do we engage with our people 
first and foremost? And then how do we engage with these systems of government that don't want to change? So it's really about us creating a narrative, pushing the agenda and building this topic of self-government and governance in our in the way we see fit. Great. Jessica, anything you'd like to add? Uh, I think, um, yeah, just to outline what Edgar said, we're creating the narrative and you know, urban indigenous peoples have been left out time and time again, where decisions are being made. There's a lot of talk, but we want action. We need action because our people are dying on the streets. We're seeing youth who are dying in care and foster care on this child welfare system. Um, and, you know, the list goes on, you know, there's a huge housing crisis here in Vancouver and I'm sure across the country and so we need action. There's a lot of talk out there, but we need action we, we, to stop, you know, the genocide that's going on. And I hate to say that word, but it's ongoing. Our people are dying. Um, and so we need action. I think that's the number one thing. Great. Thank you so much, uh, both of you, for joining us and the uh, incredible work uh, that you do. I will be linking uh, to the report uh, below. I uh, hope you get a chance to read it. It's a really incredible uh, report with some really important recommendations there and it's uh, already uh, uh, provoking uh, important conversations that should have been happening a long time ago. So thank you so much uh, to both of you for, for joining us on Below the Radar. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Below the Radar. We really encourage everyone to read the policy recommendations from a lives report in full, which can be found in the description of this episode. Stay up to date with Below the Radar by following us on Twitter at BTR underscore pod and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Below the Radar. Mm -hmm.